At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. A warmer Bobby Lowe. Welcome to Bobby Las Vegas for Jessica Soups with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Decent Family Podcast. We're going to have a two-parter today as in segment number one, we're going to round up the news and notes that we saw in college basketball on Thursdays. There weren't a ton of them, but there were a couple that do have a little bit of significance, so we're going to round those up. And then in segment number two, we're going to be talking with Greg Waddell of Sleepers Media because we saw a lot that happened in college basketball on Wednesday, including Olivier Kamwa going over to Michigan. He is a man that is based out there in the great state of Michigan, does great work over at Sleepers Media, Field of 68, list goes on and on. And we're going to be talking about just how Michigan is looking coming into the season. We'll also talk a little bit about Zion Poland going over to Florida, but we're not going to touch too much on that. Going to have a little bit of reaction to the winners and losers that we've seen in the NBA draft decisions and just a few of the mid-level Big Ten teams that could be surprises this season as well. So we're going to be discussing that with Greg in segment number two. And if you do like to hear from this fine podcast, Ghost Ghost Hoops, please do subscribe wherever you get your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and tune in. And if you ever do have a question, comment, segment, idea, whatever you for this podcast, we'd love to be able to answer more of them in segment number one here because we are getting a little bit low on college basketball player movement. So we'd love to get you guys set for the upcoming season, answer those questions, and you've got one of two ways to be able to fire those in. First one is my Twitter timeline, at jaden underscore d1. Keep in mind, letters am, they mean does not matter, so as per usual, please do send these into the timeline. The other way is find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. From there, you are able to fire in whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast by that five-star review. Did not really get in any Twitter questions today, but we did see some player movement that went down, including DeMarco Don. He's going to be looking to get her done over at Penn State. He decided that he is going to be moving over from North Carolina, and he is going to be heading over there, a former top 75 recruit that just frankly did not get out on the floor for North Carolina this past season. Put up 2.7 points per contest, shot about 32.5%. From three-point range when he was able to get about 10 minutes per contest last season for North Carolina. But I do think that he's going to fit very well in for a Penn State team that has certainly turned over a new leaf with Mike Rhodes. As 
And you take a look at all these guys that are coming in. Raekwondis Mitchell over at UMKC was averaging 15 plus points per contest. Ace Baldwin was the ace in the hole for Mike Rhodes when he was over at VCU. Sable Pop 3 does a great job being able to generate steals. Nick Kern, he's got good versatility. Leo Boyle, someone that comes in from the Patriot League. Not a prolific scorer, but someone that's able to go bombs away from three. Kudus Wahab down low. I mean, it's a completely makeshift roster, but it's one that I honestly think is relatively solid. So I do think that you're going to be able to see some good results there. We saw with Cam Spencer that it looks like he is going to be on the move. This is not necessarily quite confirmed yet, but with Cam Spencer, looks like he is going to be heading on over to UConn and with UConn being able to get Cam Spencer, this is absolutely tremendous. And he was one of just two players, according to our good friend Lucas Harkins, also at the field of 68, to record 70 plus threes, 105 plus assists, and at least 69 steals last season. I mean, this guy is just so versatile, has always been one of the best players in terms of assists to turnover ratio in all of college basketball. This fortifies a bunch that, I mean, they did lose a bit from their national title run last season, but having Donovan Klingon back in the fold, now you get a guy that's able to light it up in the backcourt. He is going to be teamed up as well with Tristan Newton, who is coming back. I think that UConn is once again going to be a top-five team. I can't quite put them in front of, like, Duke and Kansas for the national title, but I do feel like Mr. Hurley was able to turn the corner as a coach as well. Things are looking very good on that front. And then you did see R.J. Blakeney. He last season was playing at Dayton, and he started quite a few games for Dayton last season. He averaged six points per contest. Now, last year he shot poorly from three-point range, shot about... 24.5% from three-point range first two years on campus for Dayton, was shooting more than they were about 35.5% from three-point range, but some of that is able to give you quite a bit of production from the perimeter, a relatively good defender, and in conference play, was able to shoot more like 32% from three after a rough start to the season. Him going over to Old Dominion is big for them because with Old Dominion, it is a squad that they're typically going to be a little bit outsized. They rely upon being able to play a super slow, grimy style and just being able to get efficient shots. And with him coming over from Dayton, one of the slowest teams in all of college basketball, I do think that he is going to be just a textbook perfect fit. Old Dominion has a pair of other guys coming into the fold that I like. Devin Caesar was able to put up some relatively okay numbers at Buffalo. Didn't necessarily like the world on fire, but I do think that there's a little bit of upside there. And then they're also bringing in Tyrone Williams, who was playing at Oregon this last season. Wasn't able to see a lot of playing time at Oregon, but I still remember he was one of the more highly rated junior college players in all of college basketball a few seasons ago. So being able to bring him in, I do think that Old Dominion starting to build a little bit of something out there. Might need a little bit more, especially down low, to really be able to make themselves a real conference contender. But being able to bring in someone like an R.J. Blakeney, that is a good add for them. So we did see a few moves that were made in college basketball over the last 24 hours. And that's the way that's probably going to be moving forward. A lot just trickling out, nothing necessarily overly demonstrative, but being able to get some of these nice nuggets, and we still have on the board Grant Nelson as well. It looks like he's getting close to making a decision, so we're looking forward to that, but we've got to look forward to what we're going to be seeing in the Big Ten this season. Greg Waddell does a great job over at Sleepers Media, along with the field of 68, taking a look on that front, and also does a great job with college football as well for those are fans of that sport, but I know he's out there in the great state of Michigan. Let's take a look at the outlook for Michigan for this upcoming season. Really look at the landscape of the Big Ten, how they were actually somewhat winners when it came to a lot of these NBA draft decisions, and we're going to dive into 
who might be a team in the conference that might be a little bit of a wild card as well. That's up next right here on Coast to Coast Eats with myself, Greg Eats Peterson, now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Are you ready to become a winning sports better? Schedule a call with SBIA to find out how their service can make you a long-term winning player. They've developed an innovative algorithm that maximizes units returned, and they are so confident in their system that they offer a money-back guarantee. Sign up by October 31st and get their NBA package at no cost until they reach 10 net units. They treat sports betting like a business. So if you want to learn how to make your sports betting dreams a reality, visit them at SBIA1.com and check them out on social media at SBIA Sports. Las Vegas, with myself, Greg Eats Peterson, now part of the Visa Family, a podcast. It is great to be joined by this man as Greg Waddell. He does absolutely tremendous work over at both the Field of 68 and Sleepers Media. I know that he and our other good friend out there in the great state of Michigan, Carter Elliott, they do absolutely amazing work. They were touring all these Big Ten cities this past year, taking a look at all those arenas. That was a lot of fun. And for those that like college football as well, Greg does a great job on that from for the field of 12. He does great work with regards to putting in some bets for dimers come as well. So, and you've got a little bit of everything going on with Greg, and you're able to follow my Twitter at GWizzy, the number 12. And Greg, it's always great to have you aboard. Thank you. It is always great to be here, Greg. The offseason rages on, and for once, my team did something fun. So I can't wait to talk about it. Absolutely. And it feels like a little bit of a turning over of a new leaf for Michigan because they get Olivier Kamwa about 48 or so hours after the time of publication of this podcast. And what is your overall reaction 
to not just Olivier Kama going to Michigan, but the overall landscape for Michigan. Because with Michigan, despite the fact that they play relatively slow, they don't give up a ton of points per game. My biggest critique of them over the last few years is that the defensive efficiency overall hasn't been terrific. But this year's team, it feels like it's going to lack a little bit of something on offense. Okamwa has a little bit of a three-point shot as well. But it feels like this is the best defensive Michigan team that we've seen really under Juwan Howard. Yeah, it certainly will be since the one great team he had years ago with uh, with Franz Wagner and Isaiah Livers. And if you have those two on a roster, many coaches in the country could probably feel the good defense with those two. <laughs> but you got to give him credit. He did land Franz Wagner, even though there was a bloodline there and put that team together. I'm with you. Since that team, I think this one projects to be much better defensively than the other teams we've seen at Michigan. Kamwa is a great piece. Like You can't understate that. I think Michigan's going to give him the opportunity to come in and be the alpha, the face of this team. I don't know what that looks like on the offensive end. I like a lot of his skill sets, but in the Tennessee system where it's kind of come one, come all, it was hard to know what his ceiling is there. You could tell me he really does make a big jump and is potentially an all-conference guy, and I believe you. You could tell me he's more or less the same guy he was at Tennessee offensively, and I would believe you. But uh, it, it plugs a lot of holes for Michigan because they had a lot of holes. Like This piece doesn't make them necessarily competitive for anything important, but it is a piece that puts them maybe one more piece away from being competitive. And before Conway, they were a piece away from being a piece away. He's going to play 30 minutes at the four. They didn't have many great options. They also brought in Trey Jackson from Seton Hall. And I think between those two, you're going to get your 40 minutes at the power forward spot and feel a lot better about them than the amalgamation of Terrence Williams and Will Cheddar that you had to forge 40 minutes from last year. So it's a big step in the right direction. He's a guy that can fit in, I think, anywhere. The question is, what does he look like as the face of a team? And by all accounts, he's going to get that chance to showcase what he can do. I do think so as well. And I think that it's just such an interesting turn of events for Michigan this offseason because it looked like they were going to be a little bit more of an all-gas, no-breaks team when Caleb Love was in the fold, as we know, that fell through. And now you've got Caleb Love on the move to Arizona, which I honestly think is a very good fit. I do think that Caleb Love is going to be able to have some success at Arizona, and that was one of the better landing spots that he could have hoped for. But, I mean, for you being a Michigan fan, how has this offseason been? Because, I mean, Hunter Dickinson is now out of the fold. You had the Caleb Love saga going on. But now you've got Olivier Kamwa. Now we've got a little bit more clarity as to how this team is looking. And for Michigan, it's not a team that I'm going to be putting number one or anything like that in the big time. But I feel like there might be a little bit more of a divide between those haves and have-nots in the Big Ten because Purdue bringing back Zach Eady is big. I think that they're going to be right back at the top of the conference. Michigan State bringing back all that they do. That's rock solid as well. And Illinois, I think, has had a good offseason as well. But outside of really those big three, I think that's wide open for like number four, number five. And I do think that there's a big drop off there. But I do think that Michigan does have a possibility of being sort of in that very high second tier of the Big Ten. Yeah, I think you're right. Greg, have you ever watched the movie Get Out before? I have. I think Get Out is essentially what I think this Michigan offseason has been. Like, watching that movie is, like, what I feel when I watch this Michigan offseason. Sometimes it's funny. Sometimes it's scary. But more or less, you think you're watching one thing, and then all of a sudden it flips, and you're watching a totally different thing. That's what this Michigan offseason has been. You thought this was going to be Caleb Love and a bunch of nobodies, and Caleb Love was going to either shoot them to the NCAA tournament or shoot them in the face, and Jawan Howard was going to end up not – 
as the coach at Michigan next season. And then all of a sudden, Caleb Love can't get into school. It's doomsday. Things are dire. You don't think Michigan has any hope whatsoever. And now they get their number one target in Kamwa, who was, in my opinion, a top 10 guy in the portal this offseason. And they're going to be heavily involved for Antonio Reeves if he chooses to officially step away from Kentucky, which it sounds like there's a lot of smoke there. So I think all of a sudden, like sitting where they are now compared to where they were with Caleb Love a month ago, I feel a lot better about the potential of what could happen here if they are to land one more major piece like Reeves than I would have if they said, hey, let's just put the ball in Caleb Love's hands and see what happens. I have a problem with that for tons of reasons. I was pretty vocal about it at the time. I'm with you. I think the system is a really good one for him at Arizona. I also know there's three other guys that expect 30-plus minutes in that backcourt between Boswell, between Pell Larson, and between Jaden Bradley. So, you know, Caleb Love's not exactly the, the greatest on-court teammate guy. We've seen that from his time at North Carolina, and I think I'll be fascinated to watch that Arizona team and how it plays out. But, uh, yeah, twist ending for my Michigan offseason is what I would call it, and we'll see what they can do next. I do think that we've got ourselves a very fascinating big time in general, as Greg Waddell does great work over at Sleepers Media, as well as the Field of 68 is joining me right here on Coast to Coast Hoops. And I think that we've got ourselves a Big Ten that has been able to have a relatively good run of things the last few weeks because a lot of those NBA draft decisions that were up in the air, they all went the way of the Big Ten schools. Everyone is returning over at Michigan State that we were thinking might have been on the fence. You got Illinois to have all their guys back in Coleman Hawkins and company. I mean, just a few hours ago, before we were recording this podcast, Marco Dunn decided that he's going to be going to Penn State. That's a former four-star recruit that didn't play a ton in North Carolina, but I do think that he's got a little bit of upside. And all in all, it actually feels like the Big Ten have been winners over the last few weeks with everything because they didn't have anything really go badly for them. And, I mean, that's, at this point, one of the best things that you can hope for for the Big Ten that – doesn't really get too active in the transfer portal, but they were able to maintain so many of their own guys this offseason that I think that that's going to be helpful for them moving forward. Yeah, there's some fresh blood too, right? You spoke to it at Penn State, like a conference that was so mediocre, for lack of a better word, last year. I think new blood is kind of a good thing, although Penn State was one of the awesome teams last year. So maybe it's not a good thing that they're new, but you get what I'm going for here. A lot of people have talked to me about, hey, the Big Ten's back. It's going to make a big jump. It's going to be a lot better next year. And while I think they've had a very good collective offseason, I would hesitate to think there's going to be too much of a difference from what we saw last year where it was really Purdue and then a bunch of okay teams and then a bunch of pretty bad teams at the bottom. I think the only major difference here is Michigan State. We expect to make a big jump from okay to one of the best in the country. And I think they can do that. But I don't think that Michigan State alone being a lot better necessarily means this whole conference took a big jump. I think it's just Michigan State that can take the big jump. Like, Illinois will be more or less the same, in my opinion. It's awesome they got Coleman Hawkins and Terrence Shannon back. They needed those guys back. But, man, did they strike out on a point guard spot. And I don't love any of the up transfers they've brought in. I think there's a lot of question marks there. Michigan lost more talent than any team in this conference. And while we praise some of their additions, they're going to be a lot less talented than the team that missed the tournament last year. And then while you're looking for teams like maybe Wisconsin takes a step forward, they bring everybody back, or maybe even like a Maryland takes a step forward with Jameer Young coming back for an extra year. I could see both those teams being slightly better versions of themselves. But at the same time, in that middle of the pack conference, Iowa's losing Chris Murray. 
I don't think they have anybody who can be the face of a team like that that's going to step up and make them as good. Northwestern, Boo Booey's back. That's great, but they haven't replaced Chase Hadij with anybody. Rutgers was real tough last year, and they just lost so many pieces, and they may lose Paul Mulcahy. So I think I'm with you. The offseason overall has been successful, but I think we can expect more of the same caliber-wise from all of the middle-of-the-pack Big Ten teams next year. Yeah, no question about it. The Cam Spencer loss, that is not too terrific. And Rutgers had a little bit of an interesting offseason. But the fact that they are bringing back what they had down low last season and Cliff Amarui, that is going to be very big for them as well as spent just such a fascinating offseason in the Big Ten as well. And it's really just an interesting landscape in college basketball as a whole as well because I feel like we're starting to dry up with regards to some of these big guys in the portal because we had a big three a few days ago. One of them was Olivier Kamwa. Zion Poen was another. He decides to go to Florida. And Florida, by the way, having themselves a very nice offseason. I love what they've been able to do with Todd Golden Company. And then the other one, that's Grant Nelson, who it feels like he's probably going to be going to one of those SEC schools. We're hearing about Arkansas. We're hearing about Alabama. They seem to be a final two. There might be a school or two. And seeks in there, but certainly that's not going to be a case where I think that any of these Big Ten teams are going to be creeping in as well. But all in all, in terms of these NBA draft decisions, was there a team or two over the last few weeks that you feel like has done really well slash not so well for themselves? Because I do take a look at some of these moves, and I really think that the SEC has been interesting because, they, as I just mentioned, Zion Poland coming into Florida, that's big for them. But at the same time, Kentucky... They feel like they've had the worst offseason of anyone in college basketball. I think you make a good point with Kentucky. Like, I think they got blindsided a bit by Oscar Sheebway. And I think early in the summer or early in the spring, whatever you want to call it, they were kind of trying to play two different hands at once where, hey, maybe we can get Hunter Dickinson, but Hunter's not going to commit unless he knows Oscar Sheebway's leaving. And I think they told him we expect him to leave, but I don't think they knew that for sure. And then all of a sudden they miss out on Dickinson and now it's okay. We'll just bring Oscar back. Well, no, you can't just bring Oscar back. Antonio Reeves, I mean, by far, he's a huge piece. He had a 37-point game for them in the final month of the season last year. And with so many new faces, I think having some stability, especially scoring the basketball, would be massive for that team. By all accounts, he's meeting with Calipari and it didn't go overly well. So I don't know. I think there'll be a fascinating case study to watch because um, it's kind of the most extreme to the max version of Calipari's one and done experiment that we've seen since he started doing this a decade and a half ago and doing it in this era where teams are trying to get older and stack 23 year old dudes is quite a decision, especially uh, when looking at Kentucky's lack of tournament success the last few years. So I'm with you. They've had a bad one. I'll go back to the team I mentioned briefly earlier for who I think really was blessed by some NBA decisions. That would be Illinois. They lost Matthew Meyer, call it NBA, call it whatever you want. He was a weird guy. I mean, very talented (laughs) basketball player. Everyone will tell you that. Drank too many monsters. Too many monsters, man. Who doesn't drink too many caffeinated beverages a week before the conference tournament? Am I right? I think people liked him. I don't think people are anticipating that they'll miss him too much as far as the locker room goes and as far as uh, what he could do on the court, even, to be honest. So when they lose him and they bring Shannon and Hawkins back, you know, that really gives them an identity that they should be familiar with and also that I think has a ceiling that just, quite frankly, wasn't there because it's hard to have cohesion when Matthew Meyer is 1B in your offense. So, like I said, if they had added a point guard or if they're able to pull a rabbit out of the hat, 
here. And I know they've been linked to Rutgers' Paul Mulcahy as, as late as today when we're recording this. If they're able to bring in an assist guy like that and slot him into the two NBA guys who chose to come back, I really, really like what that core could be for Brad Underwood's team. I think that Illinois has had themselves a very good offseason as well, and I do think that they're going to be a team that could be able to ascend in the Big Ten as we've got Greg Waddell who does absolutely amazing work over at Sleepers Media. He is joining me right here on Coast to Coast Hoops. And just throughout the entirety of the Big Ten, I did mention that there is a little bit of a divide between some of the haves and the have-nots. And I do attribute Illinois as one of those haves. Is there a team that you think is probably going to be more towards the middle of the Big Ten that you think could be a wild card to either have a demonstratively good or a demonstratively bad season? Because I do take a look at the entirety of the conference. I do think that it is a little bit murky. I'm with you in that I felt like it was a bad offseason for our good friends over there with Rutgers, especially with the fact that they got blindsided by the Camp Spencer news and him deciding to transfer out. But is there anyone that really stands out to you and that there's going to be probably a lot of people that project them towards the middle of the conference that you think could really ascend or really just flame out? Yeah, I'm going to cheat this and give you two answers because one of them, like my honest gut reaction answer is my team that we've already talked about. I think Michigan now with Conwin the fold and potentially seriously involved with Reeves is going to have a very high ceiling that not a lot of people are going to realize before the season starts. They're finally going to have a, a face of a team that could return and be a core going forward for the first time since Juwan Howard's been here. You look back the last three years, I mean, the first team he inherited was old and good right away. Every other team's been built on one and dones and grad transfers. And now he has Doug McDaniel and Terrace Reed, who I think showed a lot of potential as freshmen that are going to step in and be the core as a guard and the core as a big man on a team that could potentially get three more years out of those guys. And I'm really high on what they could get in year two from both of them, as long as there are steady pieces around them. And between Kamwa and between Namari Burnett, those are two really versatile multi-positional defenders that don't necessarily need the ball in their hands every play. If they can just get a third guy who can really score the basketball, I think that team starting five is near the top four, top five in the conference, even if the preseason rankings won't reflect that. But I feel bad giving my team as the answer for that because uh, while I say all those positive things, certainly Michigan could bottom out and be horrible and not even be an NI team team next year. So um, I'll give you the second team, though. It's Ohio State for me, Greg, because I love what they've done this offseason. They haven't necessarily gone and crushed it in the portal, but I don't think they needed to. Chris Holtman has just been stacking really good recruiting classes up on each other. Bruce Thornton was unstoppable for the final month of the season, and nobody realized it because nobody watched Ohio State after they started the Big Ten conference play so bad. But they almost went to the Big Ten tournament title game single-handedly because of how good Bruce Thornton was. And if it wasn't for Zach Eady, they would have. I think he could be a first-team all-conference guy. They pulled Jamison Battle from Minnesota, who, uh, I mean, two years ago was one of the five best players in the conference. And between Akpara down low, who I expect a sophomore jump from, Roddy Gale, same thing, and a really talented freshman class that honestly is up there close with Michigan State's as far as how much raw talent they have. I think the Buckeyes could be in for a huge resurgence this year, and nobody really sees it coming at heading into the season. With how bad of a conference late Ohio State had last season, I do think that there's a lot of people that are down on them. And I, mean, I just still remember Ohio State was a top 25 team in non-conference play last year. At the Maui Invitational, we were thinking, man, this is a team that can really do something. And 
Then it went down the toilet bowl. I do call into question a little bit of Chris Holtman and the way that he has been coaching up that team as it's been a little bit less than savory, but a man that can never be questioned because this man is always savory with the analysis that he gives out and does an absolutely tremendous job on so many fronts. That'd be you, Greg. I know you do a tremendous job taking a look at college basketball, but college football is going to be getting going sooner rather than later. I know that you do a great job on that front as well, and I know that you and Carter are always posting up great content. So love the good people at home. Know what's all that for you and how people can follow along on social media and other platforms. Yeah, I appreciate you, Greg. I think in previous appearances, I have ceded my time here for various uh, jokes or references. So again, in place of telling people where to follow me, I appreciate it. They can search me and figure it out. Uh, I would just like to give a shout out to my 13-day-old daughter, Murphy Jude Waddell. She will be my focus for the foreseeable future, and I am extremely tired, which made this very fun because I have not gotten to do as much talking about college basketball as I normally do. I appreciate you, my friend, for holding down the fort for us Gregs out there, and uh, thank you, my friend. Well, we Gregs, we must stay together, and Greg, he is a new father, which means that he's getting to know my sleep schedule, so... It's always a lot of fun, but Greg does an absolutely tremendous job on so many fronts, and now the front of being a father as well. So a congratulations to him and Greg every single time he joins this podcast. Lens tremendous insights, much like today. So big thanks to Greg Waddell of Sleepers Media, along with the Field of 68 for joining me on Coast to Coast Soups, now part of the Visa Family Podcast. And if you do like hearing from this fine podcast, Coast to Coast Soups, you're able to subscribe wherever you your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. If you have a question, comment, segment, idea, what have you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways we all fire those in. First one is my Twitter timeline, at unit underscore 81. Keep in mind, letters EM, they mean does not matter. So as per usual, please do send these into the timeline. The other way is find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. And then from there, you're able to fire in whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five-star review. Probably not going to do any conference previews this week, but I've got two on tap for next week. We're probably looking at doing the America East and the Atlantic 10 next weekend. So we are getting those churned out. And I'm with you guys every single day on this podcast. I've not missed a day this decade, and I'm not even kidding when I say that. So... We've got you guys locked and loaded here in the offseason, preparing for what is going to be an amazing 2023-24 campaign. Once we get in season, fix an analysis on every single game, every single day. So, appreciate you tuning in today, and I'll chat at you once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.